Saturday morning, animation is dancing ponies and singing sponges. Saturday night is their freaky f***ed up cousin. Buckle up, boys. What is this place? Animation, domination, high def. A late night block of brand new shows. X-Cop. I'll chop your head off. And High School USA. Hey, gang, where's Brent? Brent's dead. Your weekend just got a whole lot weirder. Saturday's late night starting July 27th on Fox. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome everybody, Bing is for doing, and you're here in the desert of the Rio where we are discussing Inception, The Matrix, The 13th Floor, The Prisoner, what else? Inception, did we say Inception? We, that was the first one. That was the first <laughs> Actually, we're doing Falling Skies, Strange Brew, but might as well be Strange doing brew. all those. Strange Brew, we're doing Strange Brew. Because uh, the episode was, uh, was very, uh, it was freaky, but in a good way. Yeah. In a good way, of course. Um, so let's let's talk about the the, the dream sequence, as uh, as we're gonna, gonna call it here. But before we do, allow me to introduce my co-host. <laughs> Hello, Nando. Hello. <laughs> Nando's had a long weekend down at Comic Con. Yeah. He will be sharing some information of his experience down there, and uh, so look forward to that later in the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Svitek, and uh, let's get right into it. Um, you know, uh, re- you know, we open on black um, with uh, you know gunshot things like that. So we're, you know, we kind of pretty much we're led to believe that we leave off uh, or we start pick back up where we left off, and then we don't because it's Christmas time. It's Christmas. Well, you know, when we last left off, uh, Tom in the last episode, he was uh, he had his gun pointed at a bunch of aliens and uh, a super mech. It was STDs, as they call them in the first episode of the season, uh, was pointing a gun at him. So he was captured or about to die or whatever. And then we see him wake up 10 days before Christmas and everything just looks normal. And we get to see a new character or, or rather an old character because it's his wife who died before uh, episode one, season one. So this is the first time we've ever seen what his wife looks like. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of question, I'm, I'm sure... Okay, is this real? Is this just a? Is this a flashback or is this a dream? Mm-hmm. And that quickly gets kind of answered. <laughs> that you know what it is in fact a, a, a dream. When, when did it hit you that it was a dream? Uh, it hit me certainly um, when when you saw Weaver getting arrested. Oh yeah, like, and then and then right after that Karen, we saw yeah. Pope. Um, we saw Pope being a philosophy major, <laughs> which of course I knew it just, it just made sense. Like, how, of course he's doing philosophy. We, yeah, how awesome was that? I mean, we got uh, we got to run down what everybody was because I thought it was a pretty cool scene. Right, how it everybody us. was. No, well, well, I mean, obviously we saw Weaver was the homeless guy who who was screaming out the end is near. Has that sign? At least the end is near, which is perfect actually because he kind of comes across that way and he's hanging out in the background everywhere. 
Pope done perfectly. And if you really think of how antagonistic Pope and Tom can be in real life, how great that he is an equal, but a, a philosophy professor of all things, but he's an who equal. Who gets no funding. Yeah, who gets no funding, who's, who has every right to complain, but he's not complaining. He, he philosophizes everything, which is interesting. And he's, and he's a confidant. And then we had, uh, let's see, Lourdes was a student that I guess looked like she was sleeping with Pope, I guess. She gave yeah. the keys to, uh, to Pope. So there was that interesting. Was she a T? Oh, I guess she was a TA. Or TA, maybe. Which still makes her a student. Makes <laughs> her a student. But uh, there was that little look between, um, Tom and Pope. So I don't know if they were inferring anything. I kind of inferred that they thought there was some kind of little relationship going on between the two of them, which I thought was weird. No, it was just a one-night stand. Just a one-night stand? That's possible. Anthony uh, Anthony played the dean who was going to be leaving, and Tom would take over. Uh, Jeannie, which is uh, Weaver's daughter, was uh, Tom's assistant. And then uh, we saw Maggie as a student who changed her major just to be uh, with Tom. Because uh, Tom... Tom Tom's a great motivated, teacher. great teacher. Motivated her, but I loved how she said, um, "You know that that uh, nothing sexier than one with guns." Yeah, so that was cool. There were a couple of good lines in this episode. Actually, the other good li- line was in the beginning by uh, by Tom's wife when uh, when she mentioned that um, that Tom kept, was said uh, Anne's name out in the middle of the dream, uh, middle of the night, and she said, "Here, I thought I was the only woman of your dreams, or I was the woman of your dreams," which I thought was really really funny because she is the woman of his dreams, his wife. Unfortunately. So, uh, lots of good stuff there. Uh, lots of little, I loved the creative way they started doing the cities. Mm-hmm. You have to watch it again. I yeah. got to watch this twice. So you get, you get to watch it again to, to really hear how many, how subtly the cities get put in the beginning until they finally hammer Tom with the cities. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what kind of caused him to, um, really question reality. Um, also, I mean, ironically, again, you know, it's always one of those, how conscious are you really? And, you know, do you control, uh, the dream or are they controlling it? You know, where, where, John, uh, where Pope is saying, you know, um, how can you, but he's basically being Morpheus. How can you tell the difference between the real world and the dream <laughs> world? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, at that point, that's when Tom, you know, started questioning reality. And he was like, wait, why is everyone asking about these cities? Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I just really loved him kind of being proactive in this in this state yeah. that he was in. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a thinker. And uh, obviously, he catches it right away. And he, he's even, like, writing this down and analyzing, why would they want me to, to, to name a city? What's going on here? What, what, what's with these four cities? Yeah. So really interesting. I, I would have to imagine that if we were to talk to a cast member from uh, from this episode, they would just say how much fun it is because they got to play slightly against – most of them got to play slightly against type. And, uh, or, or at least go back in time to, to a time before, like the, like his sons, like Drew Roy and Connor Jessup, they, and Maxim Knight, they got to play, you know, different versions, especially, um, especially Ben. Yeah. He had to play the nerd that he used to be. <laughs> and it was great. It was like, uh, you know, they had that scene, like, leave me alone. Like, hey, dad, can't you just be real with me? Just, I'm your son. Yeah. Get away from Get me. Get away from me. He didn't um, trust him. I, you know, we we mentioned Inception, but for me, the, uh, at least the initial part of it seemed like an episode of The Prisoner, um, ABC it's called, where mm-hmm. they, um, you know, they, they put, um, quote, the prisoner in sleep and they have him go through different scenarios to get to get information out of him. And, um, you know, the, the prisoner's very much based off of um, kind of a quiet, uh, non-violent resistance. 
You know, and that's what Tom mm-hmm. in this episode was showing. You know, yeah. I didn't so, see. The, I honestly didn't see the prisoners. I don't know the reference to that as much. Inception just hit me, especially with the dream within a dream thing. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, go check it out. It's a great. It's it's a weird, weird TV series from uh, from the 1960s British TV. Okay, it's got 17 episodes. I'll check it out. Uh, but anyway, so that's what it reminded me of, and uh, you know, I like the. Obviously, then we come from commercial break, and we see okay, you know, it's it's him being kind of put under. Sort of, and then you know, then he's with that a dream within a dream, yeah. yeah. And also that weird um, alien. I get, well, I don't know what you call it. I guess it's another organic type of creature, yeah, that causes him to be in the dream state and try and you know manipulate him. Yeah, and but you know, I well, I guess that wasn't a dream. But then they put him back in the dream um, where he wakes up in the hospital next to his son. But how awesome was that scene when he shot Karen? Oh, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was a, you know, WTF type moment. Like, oh my God, he just shot Karen. Yeah. And they went to save him and he's like, you're no good to me if you don't know where Anne and that Alexis are. Yeah. Shot her. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always great. Um, but again, it, it was one of those moments where this doesn't seem like Tom. It, yeah, that's true. Tom isn't the kind of person to just kill someone. Like, I mean, even, even as, um, tortured as he was and, and, you know the, all the tricks that she's playing with him. I don't think he would have done that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really, I really love the. Um, well, for me, I, I love the whole sequence up until that point. You know, I thought, I thought it was amazing. I, I thought, where's this going? Is this going to be the whole episode? Um, but then for me, the, the really fun scene, you know, was that section that that whole sequence of when he does wake up in the hospital and and he goes into the meeting, and they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this in twenty four hours. But which city are we going for? <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute, everything was nice and perfectly mentioned, you know. But that was a really good scene too, and 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 then he shoots Weaver. Yeah, I mean, again, not. I mean, it's hard to say, but I guess he's just not in his right mind, so to speak. But uh, but he figured it out. Yeah, that was the best way to figure it out. Just kill, just kill Weaver, the person yeah. who's trying to get the city out of him. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's tough to talk about this storyline, um, just because you know it was it was different. It was fun. Uh, by, by the way, let's. Well, I I don't know if anyone picked this up, and I don't think you could have necessarily unless you had the subtitles going, which we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Marina is meeting with um, a professor. Right. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention Marina was also um, there as another in the teachers' lounge. I yeah. guess. Yeah. But so was Cochise. The subtitle said his name, and uh, the the male professor. You know, he, he, Tom just... referred to him as C. Yeah. But again, it's which one it had the subtitle not been there that stated that was Cochise. Oh, we wow. would have never. You know, I, I would have never caught that. You know what? I I got to look at that again. It's the second time I've seen it, but I'm wondering if that was Doug Jones. That would be really funny if it was Doug Jones because no one ever really sees him. He's never really in camera in as a regular person. He always plays really freaky alien type stuff, like yeah. in Hellboy or whatever. I, th- I think it could have been him. That probably Doug Jones, and I didn't even realize it. Now I feel like a dummy. I have to watch that again. I'm, I'm, I blame Comic Con. <laughs> I blame being exhausted after five days of Comic Con. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was a great little moment to see Coach G's involved in this whole episode. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, you know, the, the the whole kind of point of all this is you know they're they're trying to get the intel out of him. It, it's great to see that Karen, I guess, is under the gun, so to speak. Yeah, um, you know, to get this information out of Tom. But regardless, the grid goes up. 
Yeah, well, she says, uh, what is she, that the overlords have lost confidence in her, so that's why she has to move, the accelerate the, uh, the time yeah. table. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about Anne, though. This whole mission was to get Anne and, and Lexi back. Yeah. Um, where are we at with this? Are they just really just dead? I, I find that hard to believe because. Because they're in a cocoon? Yeah, well, they're in that cocoon, and Tom really thought they were dead for some reason, but I would think they'd have to have a major death. Like, it would have to be. It was like a throwaway scene to see them like that and to think they were also, dead. I, you know, uh, here's the thing you got to torture the. You know, in torture, I think you would. Especially with two people, you'd be like, okay, I really need this information. Okay, boom, there's your wife dead. Yeah. Do you want to see your daughter dead? Because mm-hmm. if not, give us the information now. You know what I mean? You would leverage it like that. So it seemed a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially for them to just say, okay, they're dead. Now you don't want your son suffering the same fate. So it leads me to believe that there's something more to it. Oh, there's got to be something more. I mean, just to kill off Alexis after doing that whole first season, like, freaky baby thing, <laughs> and the fact that she's another alien species, and then to have her die, she can't be dead. Yeah. And, I mean, Moonblood, good, to be honest, I mean, with this whole thread that she's been going through, I mean, she's part of this whole thing. So, you can't kill Alexis, and you can't kill... Anne. Yeah, you can't kill Anne. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I guess it's po- it's more possible to kill Anne and not kill Alexis, but I just can't see that they're, they're intertwined right now. And and I think we need to know more about Anne as well as Alexis. So yeah, I, th- I think that coon is just for hibernation. <laughs> um, what did you think about Tom's escape? That was pretty cool. That was a pretty badass moment. And that was a badass moment. But where were the guys? Where was like everybody? Hey, code red. Tom's trying to escape. I guess I I guess he they're just so high high up that. Uh, it did, a code red didn't matter at this point. Yeah, he just he like crawled away. He was he was hurt from that fall. I can imagine. So that was a pretty deep fall. Um, okay. Before we move on to the next topic, mm-hmm. um, I want to tell you guys about uh, Fox's new animation, Domination High Def. It's starting this uh, Saturday night. Your Saturdays just got a lot weirder. Um, I don't know how weird your Saturdays are to begin with, but they definitely got weirder. Um, <laughs> Uh, by the way, I love Fox's network. They, you know, they have the following, which which you covered. Yeah. Um, and then of course they, you know, they, they brought. Uh, they're known for their animation, obviously, with Family Guy and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, and so now they're introducing um, two shows late night again, starting July twenty seventh, um, called Axe Cop and High School USA. Now, um, what I'm told by Steven, one of our um, engineers here at AfterBuzz TV, is that uh, these were kind of – or at least Axe Cop was uh, a YouTube thing that just grew and grew. Mm. Um, it literally uh, – so it's – it came from the mind of a five-year-old. And uh, I guess you know this guy did drawings for it and just – again, the story got weirder and weirder and now it's – now it's a TV show on Fox. How much is this five-year-old getting paid for this? <laughs> Hopefully a lot. I think, well, this is how Seth MacFarlane started. He started very similarly. They, they gave him a lot of money based on just a video to an idea that he had. So Yeah. That's and, awesome. And then High School USA, It's uh, school is starting early, and you've never seen a class this wrong. Mm. Um, so that'll be uh, – it's – it's going to be a lot of fun, so check it out. Um, again, uh, Fox's Animation Domination High Def. Um, it's late night, starting July 27th, which is a Saturday, so mm. don't miss it. Um, should be a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, um, Steven really vouches for it here. And uh, so, so do our other hosts, so you know what? 
I, I'll trust Steven's opinion. He's he, he he can be wrong sometimes, but I'm gonna. Oh, well, like you said, with, Fox, with stuff like this, he's good. Fox always does good animation. All of them, uh, Family Guy, American Dad, Simpsons, uh, Brickleberry, Bob's Burgers, all the stuff. Yeah, and uh, and the fact that they're even calling it weird to begin with, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm interested to see what what it's <laughs> all about. How weird it will get. Uh, July twenty seventh. Animation Domination mm. HD. All right. Let's talk about the, the state of things back home. Um, we, uh, everyone, As you like to call it, there's about to be a coup on our hands yeah. or something. Um, Looks yeah. like it. So every, everyone, all signs lead to Marina being the spy. Which is what I guess they, you know everyone was leading to for the for whole season practically. Yeah. But now finally Anthony and Pope and Weaver are noticing the connection. But the only problem is there is no connection because she's not. She's not. But she's just acting weird because she's just a different kind of leader than Tom. And it just so happens, I guess she's making the wrong choices because she's making the choices that the mole is pretty happy with. Yeah. Let's not tell anyone about the President Hathaway dying thing. Let's uh, let's not go out on a rescue. You know, she's pretty much helping the mole out, un- unassumingly helping the mole out, if you think about it. And that's why she looks like she's the mole. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, and, and you know, you had asked, okay, how does Lourdes get away with this? Well, she was praying with her uh, yeah. leeches in her eyes. Well, here's the thing, and, and someone feel free to tell me. I mean, they, Anthony said that Lourdes, uh, that, uh, that Marina didn't have an alibi, even though she was locked in a room by herself and there was a security guard outside, outside. her door, outside her door. And Anthony still feels that that could make Marina a culprit because nobody was inside the room with her. Meanwhile, Lourdes is in a church by herself when she hears the news about the president dying with but, all those little bugs around. I, and I get it. Maybe she was in church today, assumed, oh, okay, she was with God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's her alibi. Her alibi was she was with God. No, but the, but the lady that came in, you know, said, hey, yeah, the president's dead. Or there's been an accident, whatever whatever the line was. Yeah. Then okay, you know, you're just gonna say, "Well, I, I saw her at the time well, in I guess church." So. I guess that's true. Still, just very very odd. But uh, I, I I'm willing to suspend my disbelief on this already. So, and also the fact that Lourdes is a healer, which I think makes her a very uh, unobvious choice to be. Yeah, because everyone's thinking moment. military. Yeah, everyone's thinking military because of the weapon. And again. Here she is, like, setting up bombs <laughs> as the bomb that almost would have killed Weaver. And then next scene, you see her healing him. You see her treating his wounds. So yeah. how, why would you think that person's the mole? Yeah. So. See, Marina's not treating anybody. Yeah, Marina's not. <laughs> um, yeah, but, it, it, you know, it was great to see Lourdes today and uh, kind of, yeah, her reactions to everything that's kind of going on now. We know she is the mole. Yeah. What one uh one line that was really cool when the grid went up and Maggie and Lourdes are looking at the uh at the grid, it was kind of a cool line. Lourdes says it looks like a neon spider web and then Maggie said it looked like bars on a cage. So I thought it was really cool because it was almost like childlike wonder that Lourdes was looking up and going neon spider web. Yeah. So I thought that was um a subtle a subtle reveal that Maggie wouldn't have picked up on. Yeah. Yeah, and you know they had, then after that there was that great scene between Weaver and Marina, you know, and she's basically saying like, "Hey, I'm not the mole. I know you think I'm the mole, mm-hmm. but you know Tom trusted me. <laughs> you should too." 
And uh, clearly that's not happening. But she had that great speech of like, hey, listen, you know, do this. Um, we brought in the Liberty Tree, which I thought was great. You know, um, you know, do it. If you don't believe me, all of this is in vain. It was a very motivational speech. That's for sure. But did uh, ultimately, do you think Weaver bought into it? I, I, I would say not. Well, it sounds like he is moving along cautiously, but he's still giving them the bet because that conversation with Pope at the end sounded like he's, they still don't trust the president, but they were going along with the president's plan. Yeah. But they weren't going to report directly to the president. Well, what, what, what's your notion, though, that, you know, if, if Tom trusted her, mm-hmm. you know, um, and if Weaver trusts Tom, then just trust Marina implicitly. Yeah. Why? Do you think just... I mean, again, it's it's one of those tough things. Okay, well, you know, if she's wrong, um, you know, then Tom just didn't see it. So I have to protect Tom in that regard because he was unfortunately wrong. Mm-hmm. Or do you just blindly believe Tom and say, you know what, she's good people? Well, I think um, – I, I really think that the speech that she had really kind of like got him uh, – got, got convinced Weaver more or less to give her a little more – a little more rope. <laughs> to to hang herself a, a little bit more rope. I mean, he still got the gun, and I think I think it, it, it it's the line that he said at the end was before we win this war, we have to act like we deserve it. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess a military coup is always very suspicious, and always, it's always power. Again, she said it best. She says it wouldn't solve anything if he did uh, if he took over. It's exactly the type of. Um, behavior that they're fighting against right now and here he is trying to take over control over marina yeah so um well it's interesting it's interesting that seeing the bond grow between uh weaver and pope you know and pope said you know basically basically um well no one else to talk to <laughs> there's that and pope's something you know belief that then the masons are never coming back and so um they're they're all that they have is hmm. each other and they better get with it quick. Absolutely. Is, is Pope growing up? <laughs> or no? Pope? Yeah, I think Pope's grown as a character. I think he's growing up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the, for me, at least, in the, I, I feel like now he's carrying a little bit more responsibility. Being a business owner has probably helped him out a little bit. I don't think Owning so. a bar? No, you don't think so? I think, I, th- I, think the, I think the Masons leaving is helping that. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think it's the bar. <laughs> Uh, but that's just me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I take it or leave it. Um, and then Pope had a great uh, kind of speech with um, with Maggie too, in terms of the Masons not coming back. Oh yeah, well it was the second week in a row that it seemed like Pope and Maggie were going at it. It's yeah. it's a bit antagonistic, but yeah, the thing that that triggered her to uh, pretty much grab Pope was uh, when he said, "You would have been dead too if you went with them." Yeah. So. Uh, I guess, um, you know, he's just playing. It's Pope being Pope antagonistic, and he knows he's hitting her in certain places. So, um, let me yeah. ask you in terms of the spy, um, why wouldn't she just have a constant security detail with Marina? You yeah. know, and, and this person follows her everywhere. Why not? Even why, to the bathroom. You know what? That's an incredibly great idea. You're Weaver, and you're concerned about what happened to Hathaway. Why don't you put somebody on guard at all times with Marina in the same room with her. Maybe and I, two people. I, would, I would bring it up even if I was Marina. I'd be like, listen, you, you know. Oh, um, you yeah, you don't trust me? Here's what? my idea. Yeah. Um, I know it's going to be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so to combat any suspicions that you may have, you get to pick the people. Yeah. And if you want multiple people, by all means. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do it, by all means. 
Oh, it makes sense to me. Well, you know what? The other thing, um, well, we'll, we'll get into it in a second because I know we're going to talk about the next subject, but, um, yeah, I think, I think if anything, yeah, if you don't trust Marina, put her on a security, you know, put her on a security detail. If you're Marina and you don't want to be considered the mole, but then again, who is the mole? Would she really want to give up? Why would you want to change what you're doing to prove True. your point? She should be trusted because she's the president. Mm hmm. So there's a bit of a loss of power if she was to be, okay, I know you don't believe me that, that, uh, whether or not I'm the mole, so why don't you have me under surveillance at 24-7? Because it implies openness. Yeah. I, I just think it's a loss of faith and power in a way. She should be trusted because of who she is. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess I'll disagree, but sure. <laughs> Thanks. Respectfully, of Thank course. You. Okay, respectfully. respectfully. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, and, and I'm interested to see where Lourdes is going with this. And uh, uh, would they found, um, you know, right uh, with they found residue that Kadar is going to look into. Yeah, um, but it's it's Volm. It, it's it's alien technology. So again, it's somebody who has access to alien technology. I think it's Volm. Yeah. So you know, again, it just further goes to kind of. Um, dissipate the sp- suspicion on Lourdes. Yeah. Who would have thought this evil little girl <laughs> is doing it? It was a perfect perfect person to make the mole. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I keep wanting to jump ahead to this next thing, but if you All right, well, it. before we jump in, um, yeah. you know, we talked about TV shows, many of them, but now let's talk about a movie that you guys can download um, called Adventure of the Serial, but it's a movie made by a lot of After Buzz. Uh, staff members. Um, it's Dexter meets Dumb and Dumber. It's the mm-hmm. first serial killer buddy comedy of all time. It's got Henry Winkler, um, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher McDonald, Artie Lang, Kathy Lee Gifford, Beth Bears, Maria Menounos, of course, and a whole slew of, slew of other actors. It's very, very funny. Um, it is out now. It will soon be out on DVD and a video on demand, but for right now, it's available on iTunes. Check it out, Adventure of Serial Buddies, or go to SerialBuddies.com, and that's the price of a Happy Meal. I kid you not. So you know what? Just pay for it. Don't be one of them assholes that downloads it for and free. those toys never really work anyway in the Happy Meal. They're good for a week, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, get, don't get the Happy Meal. And it's PG-13, <laughs> so it's, it makes a great gift for your son or daughter. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of kids, let's talk about the Mason Boys. Okay, so here's the one problem I have, <laughs> and I've been wanting to say it for the past five minutes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because, no, because we're here we are trying to figure out who this mole is, and we know it's Lourdes, and we see how easy it is for someone to become a mole with these eye bugs. And all of a sudden, three people come back in, these three kids, and they don't know the password, which, okay, fine, they've been gone for two weeks. For, well, first of all, they left their dad. You, we don't even see if they're looking for for them. At the end of the last episode, Tom yeah, they, pretty much told them to go ahead and find Anne and Alexis, and they gave up and went home. Well, they 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 had a great line, like, uh, he's made it back before. He'll walk home. Yeah, it's like, he can do it. He can totally do it. So, not only that, but we just saw how, I don't want to say how easy it is to become a mole. We saw that it, all it takes is an eye bug to get in your system and you can be infected and not act like it. So all of a sudden they trust these three kids to come back just sight unseen. You know, it's like, okay, let's Maggie runs and hugs Hal. It's like, come on. What if he got reinfected? What about the other? I mean, guess because the three of them are together. You trust that uh, the three of them are okay. They, they're watching each other out. What if all three of them are infected? 
where's Tom? Why do you trust him so much? I just thought that was a weird scene. Because they're implicitly good. Well, like, you know, I get that. I understand that to a point, but, you know, Lourdes was implicitly good. At least we thought yeah, she was. Yeah. I don't know. You don't think she was implicitly good? I don't good? know. I don't know. I'm not going to argue that. Okay. But, I mean, it's true if you want to look at it like that. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think they let him into the town. That doesn't mean they didn't test him yet. <laughs> I don't know. I think we didn't see him in the town yet. We just saw him on the outskirts. Yeah. Walking in with their horses. Okay, true, but I still feel like for uh, especially this is uh, right after they discovered that the mole, you know, set up a bomb. Or actually, no, this, the mole didn't set up the bomb yet. I think, right? Well, they knew that. Yes, this, this was after the point. Yeah, but they knew about the mole still being around. So yeah, I'm surprised they just don't trust it. They don't trust it. But they so. weren't the mole, so you know, Hal wasn't the mole. Well, so we it's know okay. they, Hal's not the mole. Okay, we know they aren't the mole. Fine. So I just still think that they should have been a little more. I just thought it was a little too much of a, a let's just tie this up really neatly and just have the three of them come back after after what looked like they just pretty much gave up. <laughs> like after their dad left, they're like, oh, let's just go back home. He'll it's come home two after weeks. Us. Yeah, it has been two weeks. I don't know how long it took him to get to where they were. Well, speaking of let's talk about um, let's talk about Tom and finding you know his old house and going yeah. in and kind of i thought that was a great speech by rebecca she did a wonderful job as an actress mm. uh the you know they're lying in bed the actress yeah and she said you know you, you got to move on yeah there's no. something here for you it was really good another motivational speech uh like the one where you and, and you know he needs to move on and look forward look ahead um it, it kind of you know what it was kind of Considering that there's been a struggle with Tom this whole season between family and duty, it was really, really good to see, I guess, the one person that he misses the most, the family that, that he might feel like he let down yeah. in this dream sequence, say, you know, don't look back anymore. Just go, you know, you got to do this. You got to you That's what the forward. Mason boys did. I guess so. That's what the they Mason boys did. They didn't look boys, back. They're like, they yeah, whatever. They didn't need a ghost to, to get him to do that. So, uh, but... I guess in a way, it seems like this speech may have refocused Tom. I think so. He just needed, you know, so every now and then you just need to find peace. Yeah. And that's what I think he did. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm guessing he's going to go back pretty focused. I think so. Yeah. And he certainly looked focused when he walked out that door and walking down that street. <laughs> I'm going home. Although he's in Boston and they're in Charlotte, so that's a bit of a that's a bit of a trek. I'm going home. I'm going home. I guess he's gonna he better find a car. Hopefully. So, there, there were a lot of cars, but you know, I mean how do you a check? working one yeah. with gas. Yeah. <laughs> so um but yeah, I I really did love love that scene. I thought I thought that was a great speech. Mm. Um so, um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what else more can be kind of said of this episode. Any, any kind of uh, little details that we overlooked um, that I'm, you would like to share? I just really liked the whole dream sequences. I, I really thought it was a cool thing. Again, yeah, I'm it was sure great. the cast. It, 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 the, you know, I'm sure, yeah, it was, it was really wonderfully directed. Yeah. And, well, and really well written, too. I just loved how, again, you have to watch this again probably to hear the subtleness. Like the first time they start talking about the cities was uh, was in at breakfast time when Hal's asking about who do you like, the Celtics or the Knicks, New York or Boston, and then and then uh, and then um, Tom says he he got he's got to go with the Celts. It, not only if you notice it, like I said, I've seen this episode actually more than once because I got, did get an advanced screener of it. Um, 
they keep asking him what city. It's really interesting to hear Tom's answers. Tom never really answers with a city. Yeah. He answers with a thing. Like he says, you got to go with the Celts. Or when, uh, when Hal's girlfriend comes and, um, and yeah, where Matt's going? like, Matt's like, where do you think they're going to go to the Gator Bowl in Florida, in Jacksonville? Or do you think they're going to New York? And he goes, uh, and then Tom's like, well, I'd go to the Gator Bowl, but it's your brother. So he'd probably go to New York. You know, just little things like that. That obviously, if you're Karen, you're like, he's not giving me the answer I want. He's just saying, he's saying maybes or what ifs, or he's mentioning specific things, but he's not telling me the city, yeah. which, um, again, really well written. Just really. I don't, it was great. It, you know, it got to the point where like, okay, where are we going to have this affair? Chicago, yeah. Here's Boston, <laughs> New York. How much simpler can we make this? Here are brochures. <laughs> Let's show the brochures. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Well, here's another question for you then. What city? What? What city do you think Tom would hit? It's obvious that Karen is saying that uh, those four cities are military, are, are strategic targets yeah. that the Ashvedi are in. So, what city would you guess if you were, um, if you were uh, Tom? Boston. You would think but Boston. But as they already say, we're so close to Boston. Yeah. Um, I think Boston. I think Boston, too, because I feel that, um, I feel that for some, well, first of all, you can't help but go back to Boston. It's the first mass. But I also feel like they weren't thinking Boston. You're in Charlotte, so I would have thought they would have hit something closer it, like Jacksonville. But I can't help but wonder why they keep mentioning Boston and the dream sequence was in Boston. Um, well, is there any um, connection to the Paul Revere story? And how Tom said, you know, Longfellow made up the poem and yeah. it's fake. That was interesting. I was trying to think the connection. I, I If there's a connection there, it's really... I don't know. It's really indirect because yeah. it's like it talks about how the legend of Paul Revere was affected after his death, after that poem was written. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to picture how that fits into this situation. Be cool to talk to a writer. Maybe I mean, sometimes there's a reason for that, and we just didn't, don't see it exactly. Ha- I'm sure there is. We're just not quite sure of it. Maybe it's Karen's subtle way of saying, you know, when you die. You really, your your life really isn't that important. When you die, maybe someone will write something about you, and it'll be you'll sound more important than you really were. Yeah, you know, maybe it was a little dig like that. Perhaps, um, but I don't know. Like it could be, it could be Boston because, well, according to legend, he started from Boston, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true too. Maybe it was a subtle mention yeah. about Boston too. But then it could be okay, you know, even though they're not technically in Boston, it starts from Boston and goes somewhere else. Yeah. So who? I don't know. I, I, Jacksonville sounds random to me, but what do I know about military cities? <laughs> I don't know. If well, Chicago... they've already attacked Boston, though, so that's weird. That's another reason why I guess I would assume they wouldn't go back to Boston because they've already attacked there. But maybe that's that's the reason why you'd want to go. Mm, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I was just curious. So we'll see. Interesting topic. We'll see. Um, so why don't we get into kind of news and gossip where Nando... <laughs> Well, uh, this past week, if you're listening to this uh, more or less live, uh, this past week was Comic-Con. Lots of TV shows, lots of things going on. And Falling Skies made uh, their third appearance at Comic-Con down in San Diego this year. And uh, on the cast list was and here's, and you know what, this might be a minor, I wouldn't say it's a minor spoiler, but it, it might let us know who's there. No, just by knowing who's there. Moon Bloodgood was on the panel. So 
I don't know if they'd fly her into San Diego just because, you know, they felt like flying her in and she's really dead. So I think that adds to the fact that she can't be dead. Mm-hmm. So, but also Noah Wiley was there. For, so Tom was there. Connor Jessup, uh, who plays Ben. Uh, Drew Roy, who plays Hal. And, uh, let's see, um, Colin Cunningham, who's Pope. And Sarah Carter, the beautiful Sarah Carter, Maggie. And, uh, Doug Jones. So we definitely, you know, see Doug Jones there some more. Uh, they were all there. Will Wheaton was narrating it. He does also the f- um, Second great. Watch um, episodes on TNT.com. It was pretty good. They showed a clip from tonight's episode. The clip they showed from tonight's episode, which is interesting, was the clip where uh, Tom shoots Karen. So oh, you nice. can only imagine they show the, the where he's being tortured, and then they come to rescue Tom, and he shoots Karen in the face. So you can only imagine what the panelists, uh, everyone at the panel was thinking, like, oh, my God, Karen's dead. They didn't realize. Maybe they would have figured it was a dream. But really, really interesting. So um, nothing really too much, really, uh, to say about what happened in that episode uh, or, or in the panel. Uh, the most interesting thing, I guess somebody asked how uh, how they felt the characters would die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's been some comments on Entertainment Weekly um, and some other um, blogs about the fact that Falling Skies is almost too family friendly, that none of the major characters ever die. So somebody asked, like, if your character was written off, how would you want your character to die? And, of course, Noah Wiley says he'd want his character to die of old age. <laughs> and then uh, Drew Roy, who plays Hal, says he'd want to be- take a fighter and uh, fly around and make some big sacrifice and then crash. Uh, Maggie said she'd want to die in her man's arms, in, in, in Hal's arms. So Sarah really? Carter, yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> really pretty. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's only a couple more episodes left, so uh, they, didn't really, they didn't reveal it. Yeah, a couple. So, two, exactly. Um, yeah, so we didn't see but much. But, uh, but I do know that I did see... Um, I did see some people. Hopefully, we might get a special guest or two. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, but we might see a special guest or two because I did some wheeling and dealing down in San Diego. So uh, we'll see about that. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, and then also, well, there's a lot of signage of Falling Skies. Like the elevators at the Marriott had Falling Skies logos on it, which was pretty cool, too. But that's just a minor thing. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's head into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Uh, they kind of teased something and it was it seemed like it was about Tom <laughs> so you're predicting that Tom's in next week's episode that he makes it back yes I actually do <laughs> I think next week he'll be back mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to see if we can restore order yeah at home I would say that uh, Tom yeah that Tom's definitely going to come back and I would think that Tom coming back would incite the mole. So I would, I'm going to say that, uh, things definitely are going to ramp up with the mole there and, uh, she's going to make a big play. Lord is, is going to make a big, big play. And uh, with two episodes left, I would have to think she's going to get caught within the next oh, episode or two. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I don't, here's the thing. I don't think she's going to get caught. I think she's going to, it's going to be revealed. Um, only because she's going to get so frustrated that she has to. I mean, if, if the goal is to ultimately find out about whether you know whether what target it is or destroy the 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 weapon, mm-hmm. then that's how she's going to get caught. Is just trying to destroy the weapon itself. Okay. You know, and that's going to be a battle royal. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's what I predict. Who cool. knows if I'm right or wrong? I'm probably wrong. 
Um, anyway, it's, it's, call it. it's been uh, really fun chatting with you, Nando. Where can, where can fans uh, talk to you offline? So offline, to speak? they could follow me on Twitter at NandoVell. And also, I'm doing a Comic-Con show on Tuesday, a Comic-Con post-show um, on my show Geek Hero, which uh, airs on the Joint Studios LA. I'll tweet about it. Excellent. Yeah. So be, be sure to check that out. Nando had a great time. I know there's a, there's a lot of fun facts, so, you know, definitely tune into that. And fun stories. Um, <laughs> and, uh, of course, follow us here at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget to download Serial Buddies. Um, Adventures of Serial Buddies mm-hmm. out now. And, of course, tune in July 27th for the Fox uh, Animation Domination High Death. Your Saturday just got weirder. And with that, our Sunday night has ended. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.